Maybe more than anything else, your soul craves meaning, to have a purpose, to be needed, to fit into a universe where there is a transcendent dimension that calls for the best that we can give it, is as essential to the soul as oxygen or food is to the body. It's actually raining a little bit right now. I don't know if you can tell. Um, so. Uh, I'll keep talking unless the ring gets really bad, but I was thinking of that passage in Isaiah, I think it's 55, where God says, just as he sends the water to the earth and it doesn't go there without accomplishing his purpose, without bringing a sense of fulfillment and meaning to the physical order, so it is with his word. And the, the word of God is uh, his intent, is his purpose, is what he wills to take place that brings meaning to everything he does. So what we're going to move to in these few moments is doing a little meaning audit. What meaning lies before you this day? I'm not talking about your whole life long or some big grandiose vocation or accomplishment. Just today, we'll get to a little meaning audit, what lies before you. Now we're learning together about the soul. This is from Dallas Willard's book, Renovation of the Heart. And I think what he has to say about the soul is the most profound material maybe in the book. It took me a long time to understand it. Your soul, contrary to what a lot of people inside and outside churches think, is not that little wispy immaterial part of you that lives on after you die. Your soul is the capacity that God has given you that's quite remarkable to uh, integrate all of the functions that you're capable of, your will, your ability to say yes or no and create, your mind, that flow of thoughts, ideas, perceptions, observations that is constantly streaming through your consciousness along with the feelings that so powerfully move our lives. And then your body, that little power pack that you have that is filled with appetites that keep you alive, that's great, but they can be pretty unruly. And habits, which we can use to outsource our behavior without thinking about it, which is great, except when sin gets in and that's a mess. And then relationships with other people. All of that is connected, bound together by this remarkable gift God gives to you, which is your soul. It's very deep, and that's why we address it sometimes as though it were a separate person. So, for example, in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then, you know, in Hebrew poetry, they would use parallelism. You would set two concepts or ideas next to each other to illumine them. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. That's what my soul integrates, everything that is within me. Bless his holy name. In other words, I was made to love, bless, honor, revere, cherish, delight in God with my mind, with my thoughts, and then the emotions that go along with that, and with my will for it always to be surrendered to Him, and for my body to live in a state of relaxed worship, and for the presence of God to make me safe and loving in my relationships. I was meant to bless the Lord. That's where meaning comes from. But we don't generally live that way. Dallas writes about uh, what happens to our souls is that they become enslaved to desires or bodily habits, 
or blinded by false ideas or distorted images or misinformation. When this happens, the soul cannot find its way into a life of consistent truth and harmonious pursuit of what is good. It gets locked into a self-destructive struggle with itself and with everything around it. Unfulfilled desires, poisonous relationships are the most prominent features of soul-damaged lives. Dallas writes, I confess as a sometimes counselor of those in trouble, I am often stunned with the reasons people give for not doing the only things that could possibly be of help to themselves. I was just reading last week an article about road rage. It is proliferating. It has increased greatly since COVID. People are shooting other people. And the director of public safety in a state, which I will not mention, talks about how when you track it down, the reason that people are taking other people's lives is simply they cut in front of me. I was disrespected. And his comment on this was, people are so stupid. That's our government at work. And of course, that's the truth. But that gets in me. I'm stupid. Dallas goes on, now all the dimensions of the human being that must be dealt with in understanding spiritual formation, of all of them, the soul is by far the most controversial and inaccessible in today's world. For various reasons, it was rejected by the field of psychology, although ironically, psychology itself is made up of the ancient or Bible Greek word for soul, psuche, and then uh, logos, it is the study of the soul. And yet we have rejected, for the most part, in secular psychology, that transcendent understanding of soul. Freud came along with what is sometimes called depth psychology, to look at all of the mysterious layers of life, id, ego, superego, especially the unconscious, those parts of us that we do not understand. And partly because in the Victorian era, uh, a writer, Gordon Conwell, talks about this, Richard Lovelace. We had started talking about people Christianly from a superficial, moralistic, black, white, good, bad perspective. It made people hungry for a more layered description of folks that had always been present in wise Christian writings. But that's part of why Freud had such an appeal to people. He was able to talk about depth psychology, but not about height psychology, not about the transcendent dimension of us, which must be discussed if we're going to really understand ourselves. Dallas writes, this is why this lack of a transcendent sense of human life, this would explain why meaning is such a problem for human beings today. Meaning in action is fundamentally a matter of carryover or transcendence. It doesn't leave you stuck on something you can't get past, whether a word you don't understand or a pointless social situation. Meaning is one of the greatest needs of human life, one of our deepest hungers, maybe in the final analysis, the most basic need in the realm of human existence. Almost anything can be born if life as a whole is meaningful. But in the absence of meaning, boredom and mere effort or willpower are all that is left. Dead religion or a dead job or relationships is one that has to be carried out in meaningless human routine. These words are so amazing. In boredom and carrying on by mere willpower, almost nothing can be endured, and people who are well off by other physical and social standards find such life unendurable. They are dead souls. This comes out 
in our nightmares and horror stories. Zombies are creatures that do not have a soul. They have perception, they can move, they can devour, but there's nothing that integrates them and gives them depth. Vampires are creatures that have souls, but they are cursed souls. They are damned souls. They are addicted by a drive, a hunger that they can no longer control, and they are the living dead. Now, meaning, we'll talk about this more in coming days, whether of a life or of a word is always determined by context, by the larger context. So take the word date. You wonder when you just see that word, is it a noun or a verb? When I was in school, teachers would say, put the date, today's date on your test. That would be a noun, the noun of accountability. My friend Dave would say, let's go get a date shake because he loved them. That'd be an adjective, an adjective of deliciousness. Girls would say to me, I don't want to date you. Let's just be friends. That was a verb, the verb of death. Meaning is always a matter of larger context. And that's true for words. Uh, I got to see the whole sentence or the whole paragraph or the whole chapter or the whole book or the whole great conversation going on to understand the meaning of what is being written. And this is true for life. In the beginning was the word of the Logos and he became flesh a person. And we only understand our lives in a greater context. Viktor Frankl, the great psychiatrist who survived Auschwitz, uh, had a book with him, a manuscript sewn into his jacket he had to destroy in the concentration camp, but it was called The Doctor and the Soul. And he invented a form of therapy that he actually called logotherapy, literally healing by meaning. He also coined the phrase existential vacuum because we crave at the depth of our soul meaning and if we do not have meaning, it will create a vacuum and we'll try to fill it by money or sex or pleasure or power or anger or safety. But the soul only finds that meaning in the context of God and his kingdom. And what I have found, especially over these last few years, is when I am in a situation where I cannot solve my problems and I cannot stop my pain, where solution is um, unattainable, meaning is available. And often on my worst days, I would and will simply write down the meaning that lies before me today. I can love my child today and try to help. I can care for my wife. I can try to serve the church that I loved for a long time or at least seek what are ways in which I can help it not experience any more damage. I can die to my reputation today. That's a real problem for me. There's a great chance to do that. I can practice courage today. I've always admired courage, wished I had more of it. Now there's the opportunity to do that. I can prepare for death. Often I think in the mornings of being there when my dad took his last breath and how that is much closer to me than my first one. And I can get ready for that moment. I can come to know God better. I can listen to him and surrender him through the day. I can practice knowing God and trusting him in ways that are much more intense than I could back when life was quote unquote normal. So I want you to pause now and think, what meaning lies before you today? Do a little meaning audit. 
I'm not saying now what great accomplishments will you achieve or what great job title will you hold. How can you know God today? How can you care for people today? How can you seek to suffer nobly today? How can you be grateful today? May God fill your life this day with meaning that will satisfy your soul.